Welcome to the Newberry Tart Podcast. Your hosts, Marcy and Jenny, are talking and drinking their way through Newberry award-winning books, past and present. Hi, and welcome back to the Newberry Tart Podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Jenny. This is the first of our mini episode series. During this time of social distancing, we realized that a lot of our favorite authors and artists would not be able to promote their new books by touring and by being in rooms of people of more than 10. We've spoken with incredible creators of middle grade and YA and graphic novels and picture books, and we're really excited to share this with you. Please enjoy this slight deviation from our regular content, and remember to buy from your local independent bookstores. Today, we're speaking with E. Lockhart, the beloved author of so many different books, the Ruby Oliver series, uh, The Disreputable History of Frankie Landau Banks, and now, again, again, a new YA book. Hi, this is Emily. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for talking with us. Yay, I'm glad to be here. We're big fans of your work, and we know you have a new book out. Okay, so let's get started. Any Newberry, non-Newberry person that you have uh, interviewed, is that, that that accurate? We've actually talked to quite a few, but um, some of them have gone on to win the Newberry afterward. Oh, maybe because yeah. I was like looking at your list of people and I was like, that's a nice company to be in. <laughs> well, you're a very good company, so oh my God, it's good yes. company all around. <laughs> I do just have to say that Disreputable History is one of my favorite books. I love it. Love it. Thank you. That is so nice to hear. It's, uh, it's one of mine as well. I give it to a lot of people. It's so. true. Oh. Every time I see it in a used bookstore, I pick it up, even though I have like three copies, just because I know I'm going to have to hand it off to somebody at some point. Oh, God. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful. You know, when you guys are having releases and people can't go out to traditional bookstores necessarily, um, they don't always know about this cool new stuff that's coming out. So we thought you might like to just sort of talk about Again Again. Yeah, I would love to talk about Again Again. Well, I wanted to explore writing a love story because when I have read a love story that really gets me, that book very often will stay with me for a really long time and I'll feel really connected to it and I'll think about those characters. But at the same time, I'm not really in the romance business, although a lovely romance is great, no no shade thrown at romances, but it's not really what I have to offer as a writer. And I think that I was just trying to find a way to tell a love story that wasn't like an unrealistic fantasy in any way, but was instead like as honest about first love as I knew how to be. And I was really struggling with how to tell a story that was really honest, but also not cynical about love. And the answer turned out to me to be multiple universes. So (laughs) I set this love story between a young woman named Adelaide, who's spending the summer on um, a boarding school campus. It's the same boarding school that is in Disreputable History of Frankie Landau Banks, actually, Alabaster Preparatory Academy. And um, she's spending the summer on this campus for various reasons. There's not a lot of people around. She's uh, been going through some terrible stuff that's been going on in her family. And she's also just broken up with her first um, serious boyfriend. And so she has this very surreal summer where she becomes infatuated with this boy named Jack and you see the way that infatuation and the love relationship that follows um, occurs played out in multiple universes, which allowed me to um, explore 
that kind of relationship from a lot of different angles while still telling one large story. There are three fonts in okay. the book. There is the central story font so that you can you can follow one central narrative through the whole book. There is an alternate universe font that you'll see for every alternate universe aside from that central font for most of the book. And at the end, you go into another universe that you haven't been in before and you have a new font for that final okay. universe. So I think if you were disoriented at the beginning, that's okay with me. But it, <laughs> it's, you know, some people will be disoriented, but it was the best way rather than having like eight gazillion fonts and having people trying to piece together a million different parallel universes. It, that became visually pretty unpleasant. I think that if you stick with it, you will get used to that. You're just going to have to succumb. <laughs> <laughs> just let it wash over you. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I cannot wait to read it. Um, so that comes out. It comes out on Tuesday, June 2nd. Yeah. So I feel like I just have to ask, even though it's not at all related to the new book, um, we did an interview with Paul Zielinski because he had illustrated a Newbery book in the past, and it was the first time we had ever heard that he was going to be working on the All of a Kind Family Hanukkah book, mm. and Jenny literally screamed out loud when he said that. <laughs> I went and looked that up and realized that you worked with him on that project and quite a few other projects. How did that come to be? Thank you for asking. Um, Paul is the greatest. Was that for dear Mr. Henshaw? Thank yes. You. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he told us our, the story about um, when he first met Beverly Cleary. Um, when he met her, he flashed her his homemade Ralph t-shirt. <laughs> Ralph is <laughs> Yeah. So. He always has clothes to go with his books. So he has shirts for every book that we've done together. He's incredible. Oh, my God. So. Um, I published my young adult fiction under the name E. Lockhart, which is... Um, Lockhart is my middle name, and I publish my books for younger readers, young middle grade, and picture books under the name Emily Jenkins, which is my legal name. And so I've done um, five books with Paul Zielinski, and we were put together by our editor, Anne Schwartz, um, of Schwartz and Wade, and soon to be of Anne Schwartz books. And she um, read this manuscript of mine for Toys Go Out, which is a young middle grade book about toys who have adventures. And uh, she said, well, we were thinking about Paul Zielinski. How would that be? And I was like, that would be just fine. <laughs> we waited four years. He was super, super. So the book kind of sat in the can after Anne had edited it and I had rewritten it a million times um, and just waited because Paul was so booked. Um, and we both felt that it would be worth the wait, and it really was. So, and we've so we've done three toys books plus a picture book about those characters called Toys Meet Snow, and then we did the All of a Kind Family Hanukkah book last year. And he used a really different style with All of a Kind Family Hanukkah than he did um, in the toys books, and so that was also just a delight. He has such an immense capacity to surprise. Um, He's, you know, very free in trying new styles and new techniques and new media. And I was struck by how much he really evoked the original books in the art, as you did in the writing. I, I've been a big fan of those books. It was really cool to see a new one. 
Thank you. It was an honor. I grew up with those books and I've read them, you know, hundreds of times between my own childhood and my children's childhood. And uh, I was so, so thrilled that I was allowed to write a story with those characters. Going back for a moment, I have not read all of your books. I read a lot of them. I'm curious because I was looking on your website on your 21 extra facts about you. I don't think you've put any wax museums or sideshows into your books. Is that going to happen at some point? You know, I did all this research on sideshows um, when I was in graduate school, and I read a lot of histories of them. It's a, just a very fascinating thing that um, intersects, of course, with a lot of really interesting work that's being done in the disability studies field. Mm. Um, but once you begin to read up about disability studies as you're reading about sideshow history, it becomes impossible, I think, to write about the sideshow without some element of exploitation involved. Um, or at least I don't think that I am the right person to do that. It is the most amazing and fascinating history, but there is a kind of um, othering voyeuristic thing that goes on in the viewing of the sideshow and even in the reading about the sideshow um, that is you know, really complicated and kind of messed up. Um, which is not to say that it's not fascinating and that I didn't learn a huge amount from reading the, the you know, um, the critical writing around the sideshow history, which I did, but um, you know, I don't think I don't think I'm the right person to touch it. Um, but I would love to see what somebody who could do it with, you know, all the complexity that it warrants um, could do. Um, I have no hesitation about wax museums. I love a wax museum. They're so creepy and fantastic and strange. You know, I've never they been are to one. Very much. Oh, really? We should go on a field they're trip. They're incredible. They're incredible. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like everyone's looking at you, but they're not real. Oh, Ooh. yeah. And there's like, that are like the history of rock and wax, in wax and, you know, um, and, and oh, and in L London is full of them. And in London, there's also like one that's just a lot, let's call the London Dungeon, which is just like Ooh. murderers and, and, and terrible people like locked up in chains and famous plagues and just like all of the most disgusting stuff you could think of in wax museums. All right, there's well, a terrifying one in Salem, uh, Massachusetts, that also hosts a kind of, I don't know what kind, I, it's, it's a show, so you sit in the round auditorium and then they put spotlights on different weird figures as, as people voice and do monologues. <laughs> um, it's horrifying. Um, yeah. Ooh. Right. I would, I'm, I'm all in for that show. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So, of course, we would love to know if you have any particular favorite Newbery books. I do. I have so many favorite Newbery books. Um, and I looked um, at the list on Wikipedia of all the Newberries and Newbery honors, and I realized that I grew up reading so many of these Newbery books um, in my childhood, you know, mostly without even realizing that they were Newbery books. You know, Carol Riley Brink and Elizabeth Enright and Virginia Hamilton and um, Zilpha Keeley Snyder. And um, I can remember in fifth grade getting um, Invincible Louisa. Oh, yes. Elastic Book Fair, not Book Fair, um, Book Club from the paper thing that you fill out and you put little check boxes and you wait for it to come. 
And um, I had read Little Women already at that point, and I was so excited to get this book. I, you know, and I when I looked at the Newbery list, it had come out in like 19, what, 30 something? It's, you know, a book that I was reading 50 years later and I was still like so excited. And what did I know? I didn't know it was an old book. I just knew it was a book about somebody I really admired and I was so excited to get hold of it. Um, so, uh, you know, the Newbery gives these books this incredible long life that means, you know, that they, they affect kids for so long. And so I just went down that rabbit hole of nostalgia um, when I knew I was coming on this podcast. But um, if I really have to pick a favorite, I think I pick Dead End in Norvelt. Oh, oh wow, good choice. By Antos, um, which uh, is from 2012, won the Newbery then, and um, it's so delightfully weird. And I really love the kind of limbs that Gantos is willing to go out on, and how strong his unique voice is in that novel and it really surprised me over and over and um I just found that so delightful uh I'm working on a superhero comic Ooh! oh I have um DC Comics invited me to invent a superhero who lives in Gotham City so I invented a teenage girl superhero who is Jewish and living in a neighborhood that, like the Lower East Side in New York City that is historically populated by many, many, many um, different small Jewish communities and uh, which is now in the present day populated by all kinds of people and is a rundown neighborhood in the story. Um, it's called Down River in Gotham City. And she develops canine-related superpowers and has a sidekick who is a Great Dane. And they fight Batman villains. Eww. So I got... Oh, that's <laughs> incredible. I got to write the Riddler and Poison Ivy and Killer Croc. Um, oh, wow. I actually have goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really psyched. It'll come out um, June uh, 2021. Is it a one-shot? Yeah, standalone graphic novel. You know, like, um, yeah, Danielle Page did Mira, and Cami Garcia did Raven, and a lot of um, young adult authors have been writing these DC heroes as teenagers. That's wonderful. I'm so excited. Who's who's the art? did the art on that? Um, his name is Manuel Pretano, and he did um, the art for the Oracle Code, which is out now. It's yeah. a beautiful book. Yeah, it is. Did you get to invent her costume? Yes. In fact, that's what I've been doing for the past two weeks. I've been like kibitzing as Manuel sends me different versions of outfits. It's been so fun. That sounds so oh, fun. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for talking to us. Oh, yeah. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Congratulations on your newest book and your new superhero. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Newberry Tart for the first of our new mini episode series. Again, we were speaking with E. Lockhart about her new book, Again, Again, which comes out tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Production assistance for Newberry Tart is provided by Raphael Siebenman and Liam Grove. Graphic design by Liz Meitinger. 
intro and outro by Ariana Hargrave. Theme music for this podcast is provided by the laid-back and local Throckmorton Ukulele Band. You can hear more of their music on Facebook. Find more Newberry Tart episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our website is Newberry Tart. That's N-E-W-B-E-R-Y-T-A-R-T dot com.